Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Our guest on this week's game day show is the angel of the big house, beat writer Angelique Schengelis from the Detroit News. First, my view from Section 17 to get us started. All in all, I was happy with the way we performed in the opener. Uh, There is plenty for Josh Gaddis to work on and clean up this week, but I think just about every OC in college football can say the same thing after the first game. I think this offense will get better over the next few weeks in every way. Don Brown's defense was pretty darn good too. They gave up two short field scores in the first half and then a garbage time six with time running out. Now there might be some drop off this year, it's hard to tell, but my first impression is we're going to be just fine on the defensive side. Three players overall jumped out to me in the opener. Zach Charbonnet, he has that combination of speed and size we have not seen around here in a long time. Excited about him and his pass protection was outstanding too. Ambry Thomas. Now, I was shocked to see him suited up and ready to go, but go he did, and this kid is big time. And for those of you who are worried about the corners, don't be. I think if we stay healthy back there, we're much better off than we all thought in the preseason. Now, the third player is Will Hart. This kid is a huge weapon. I'm not sure I've seen a better Michigan punter when it comes to dropping the ball deep and making an offense go long field. Now, there may have been some. I just can't remember anyone who does it consistently like Will Hart does. So don't underestimate what he could mean to us later this year when we're in a tight game or weather is a factor. Now, my guest today says she thought Michigan performed well in just about every phase of the game Saturday night. She thinks there's plenty of work to be done, but the positives far outweighed any hiccups we saw in that opener. Beat writer Angelique Schengelers from the Detroit News is up next here on The Michigan Man in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
here with us on our game day segment to uh, talk about the big home opener with Middle Tennessee State is Angelique Shingelis from the Detroit News for the first time this year. Great to have you back with us, Angelique. Mike, it's great to talk to you. It's not Ohio State week, so this is this is kind of fun to talk to you about the opener and not the last game. Absolutely it is, and we have waited so long to talk about this team since the bowl game. Michigan fans have been waiting to see the new offense in action since Josh Gaddis was hired. That's all we've heard about. And to say the least, what we saw on Saturday night, Angelique, was very interesting, wasn't it? It really was very interesting, Mike. I mean, I think it's the best way to put it. And, you know, I think that that's the one thing about uh, getting ready for a season. And in this day and age with a 24-7 news cycle, you know, I'm guilty of it because I have to be now, but we're just pumping out stories constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, really, since Josh Gaddis was hired and talking to people who worked with him and who's going to be doing how can he do this? Can he can he achieve this quickly at Michigan? And it's just over and over and over again. And I think people get that in their heads and they expect it to be perfect at the moment it's debuted. And it wasn't perfect, but there were a lot of highlights and, and a lot of uh, reasons to think it's going to be an improvement. So, uh, but I know it wasn't perfect, and, and that's what people were looking for. They wanted to see, I think they wanted to see a blowout, and, you know, it wasn't there yet. But there were some key people missing, some players out, and, um, but, but I think it was, you know, although it was a good start. No, I think so, too, and we have to expect there are going to be some hiccups. Not only is it the first game of the season, you have a new offense, a lot of new and young players uh, getting their first action. Again, it's a brand new offense. We saw things like ball handling issues. You're going to see that. Uh-huh. Drop passes, you see that no matter what kind of offense you're running in the first or second games. There were blown routes. You could tell uh, Shea was throwing uh-huh. to places where receivers were going a different way. But in my <laughs> mind, everything we at least saw go wrong uh, on Saturday night is very fixable. Very fixable. And, and I'm sure... You know, after a whole camp, and you hear this all the time, they get sick of playing each other, and they need something tangible to work on. And this is the kind of game that gives them a lot of things to work on. That's why I think it's, it's you know, ideal when, when Michigan would uh, play Notre Dame way back. They like to have a game before that game. And, and, you know, this was a perfect setup for them, I thought, having Middle Tennessee State come in. They were an uh, undersized team, but very scrappy, I thought and took advantage of, of some turnovers, obviously, but gave them a good test and gave them some ideas of, of what needs to be worked on, and, and you pointed them out. And uh, we haven't even talked about the defense because there's, de- there's definitely things that defense needs to work on. But, um, I mean, I, I think that, that, you know, I don't grade. I don't go do the grade thing, but I, I think, you, you know, you give this team a solid – a solid B minus C plus, and and I think that's fair, and and it just gives you so much more room to grow, and there's so many there's so many examples of of areas where they need to do that. But by saying that, I don't mean that they're they're in a hole, a deep hole. They're just you know they've got things they have to polish and and fix. Well, let's talk about the offense and some of the things that we saw on Saturday night, Angelique. Starting with Shea Patterson, uh, your thoughts on his play? Well, I thought, you know, what a what a terrible way to start a game. It sort of reminded me of Wilton State when he <laughs> threw that interception, his first play, and yeah. um, and obviously Shea's a returning starter, and and it, it was something that clearly affected him, Mike, because he talked about it constantly after the game. I mean, it's it's on him. He's got to he's got to protect the ball and. And it, it definitely hit him, and, and I think that's a good thing. It's, he's not the kind of guy who dwells and it's, it's going to 
mess with his psyche. It's something that's going to motivate him. Uh, at least in my sense of Shay, haven't gotten to know him over the past year. So I think that hurt him. But I think, you know, it's hard to, to uh, roll your eyes and say it was a bad game for him. He had 203 yards and three touchdowns, and he made some nice plays. And, and apparently he had some kind of physical issue, Harbaugh said. And at halftime, they were checking on him and, and making sure that he was okay. And, you know, I, I don't think we should overlook that. I think that there was probably some small issue that, that, that they do have to uh, have to deal with in terms of his um, – physical well-being but um you know i thought i I thought he played well and you know he he was missing one of his top targets donovan people's jones was out putting a boot but you know i think uh people have been wanting to see some of these other receivers and and seeing patrick black was was a a, certainly a positive in the first half but um but to to speak to shay i I thought he played well I, i did and i know that there are things he wants back and and things that need to be fixed but um, but I thought he looked fine. Well, Jim told us before the season started at Big Ten Media Days we were going to see Dylan McCaffrey, or at least he wanted to use him every week if he could. Although uh, seeing him and Shea on the field at the same time, that was a bit clunky to say the least, wasn't it? Yeah, clunky is a great word to describe that, Mike. I wish I thought of that last night when I was <laughs> writing. I should have called you. Um, I, I think it was. It was. Um, it was kind of perplexing and and it, it felt forced to me, like, you know, well, you don't need to do this. And if you want to bring Dylan McCaffrey and bring him in and, and let him do what he what they want him to do, which, you know, he ran the ball pretty well. Um, he had a turnover as well that went out of bounds. But, um, you know, I, I, I just don't – I don't know the purpose of that. I really don't. And that's why I said I looked at my colleague, Wojo, who was sitting in my right, and I said, to what end? I mean, why, why do this? And he just shrugged too. So, um, you know, I, I think that you can play Dylan McCaffrey and have Shea out on the sideline and, and getting ready for his next series. But yeah, I didn't, I wouldn't do this again. If I, you know, there must be some reason why they wanted to try it, but I don't think there was any uh, real success there. No, and as you said, if you're going to play Dylan, play Dylan. And I thought he looked pretty good when he was in. I mean, he looks to me like he is more than a capable backup, isn't he? Oh, yeah. No, I think that they're very solid that way. I mean, you know, we sit there and talk about, oh, Ohio State, how are they going to look? Well, you know, after Justin Fields, I think they are in trouble. But I think Michigan... Um, I don't want to say it's an embarrassment of riches for them in the quarterback's room, but they have capable players. I mean, they have Dylan McCaffrey, they have Joe Milton, who's a very good athlete, but, you know, obviously didn't get to see him. It gets really, you know, important snaps uh, Saturday night. But, um, yeah, no, I, th- I think McCaffrey's – I think he's good. He was good last year when he came in. I mean, you got to go back to that Notre Dame game. He looked really smooth in that transition when Shea went out with the – with his legs cramping. So I think it's a very good situation overall. And I think that they all can, they're all very much in tune with this offense that Josh Gaddis wants to run. Well, in the backfield, we're waiting to see uh, who is going to be first to take carries. And it was true freshman Zach Charbonnet. Uh, he got the start and he looked pretty darn good, didn't he? Well, he really did, Mike. I am I mean, and I, I really thought on paper coming in, I thought this is going to be the first back since Mike Hart that I think is going to be really the complete product and from a, a young age. And, you know, he looked like it. And I thought Harbaugh made a great description. He said the, sta- the stage wasn't too big for him. And he looked like he'd been there before. It's just he looked, um, 
you know, he looked like a guy who wasn't phased by the moment playing under the lights in your first college game. And that bodes well for Michigan and, and getting Christian Turner in there as well and doing what he did. I mean, you know, Charbonnet, Charbonnet had uh, nine, nine uh, uh, yards, 90 yards, pardon me, mm-hmm. on eight carries, and, and Turner had the 49 on, on 11 carries. So, I mean, I think those are going to be your, your two go-to guys. But um, he said Harbaugh and, and – uh, and Jay Harbaugh said they had five guys and they wanted to play them all, and they did. But um, True Wilson, you know, I knew he went in as the number one guy, but I think we all knew that that was, you know, just on paper. And uh, until these guys, uh, until Christian Turner and, and Zach Charbonnet, who didn't get to practice in the spring, really got their feet wet and, and got going in this offense. So uh, I think the really the I my biggest takeaway from from this game and. We talked about it as we walked out of the stadium, and, and mine was Zach Charbonnet. I thought he was—he uh, stood out for me watching that game. And he looked very good to me. I also liked uh, what we got from Christian Turner. You know, he sort of reminds me, Angelique, of a, of a young Karan Higdon, runs low to the yeah. ground. The linebackers and defensive uh, secondary have a tough time picking him up. He cuts mm-hmm. fast, and mm-hmm. he and Charbonnet look like they're going to be a nice change of pace backs for a defense to have to deal with. Oh, I think so, too. And I've always been one of these, you know, I think you got to ride one back and, and really, you know, that's your that's what, that's what your bread and butter, but I, not in this day and age. And I, and I think that when you have two guys like this, I, you know, it's one game. I know it's one game, but I, I just thought I saw a lot there from both of them, Mike, and I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a nice one-two punch for them, a nice change up, as you said. And um, I think I, I think they look better at running back just after this one game than they have in a while. And that's not to take anything away from Cron Higgins. But I just think the upside with, with Charbonnet and with Turner is just very, very high. And as far as the receiving core, I know you um, mentioned that a minute or two ago. It was so good, I thought, to see Tariq Black uh, healthy and looking good. Mm-hmm. Bellamy looks very fast in the slot. He's got to work on... Uh, hanging on to some of those passes. I think he had three yes. three drops uh, wide open on Saturday night. So much potential in that group, isn't there? Oh, there is. And Nico Collins had one uh, one ball that I thought he should have had. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, uh, he didn't hang on to, which is unusual but for, for Nico Collins. But, yeah, I mean, and when you think that Peoples-Jones was on the sideline, and I mean, I've been really curious to see what Peoples-Jones is going to do in this offense and was disappointed to see him unable to play last night. But, yeah, I mean, when you've got Tariq Black and having that first half he had and, and feel, looking like he was the, the same guy in 2017 who opened the season at, against Florida and, and with with such nice numbers and a touchdown, um, very good to see him. And uh, they got Cornelius Johnson in there. They got Ronnie Bell in there, as you mentioned. And, you know, then they got the tight end some play. So I thought Sean McCune made some really nice pickups and, and his two catches. And, um, you know, I, I think this is it's a really good group, and they spread the ball around effectively. But uh, having Tariq Black and then Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins, I think they're, they are going to be what as good as advertised. I know that's, uh, that's what um, Harbaugh is used to describe <laughs> Tax Hill, but I think it, it's fair to, to say that about the receivers. No, I agree. And uh, what I liked about it also is when you think RPO, you don't think tight ends. Uh, mm-hmm. And both mm-hmm. of, both of uh, the guys look solid on Saturday night. It's nice to see Gaddis has plans for the big guys in this offense, isn't it? Big speed in space, right, Mike? I mean, <laughs> I, he, he, you know, those, the tight end at uh, Alabama saw, <laughs> they got some pretty, pretty serious yards last mm-hmm. year. I mean, all mm-hmm. the receivers did. And I keep saying, again, I know it's not Alabama and don't expect the numbers to be the same, but um, when you got a quarterback 
in Shea Patterson who knows how to run the offense and, and clearly needs to, to make, you know, he needs to correct the mistakes he made. But the potential is there. And, again, I'm not saying they're, they're going to have uh, that explosive an offense, but when you've got that kind of talent, and, uh, you know, I know we're assuming that Peoples-Jones is, is going to be that guy, but I think we have uh, reason to believe that, then, you know, I, I think as Shea said, sky's the limit. So bring on Army, and, and you know, that game at, at Wisconsin and a few weeks after that is, is going to be really interesting and mm-hmm. telling, I think, going forward in the Big Ten. Well, on that offensive line, Runyon Jr. missed the game on Saturday night, so Ryan Hayes moved over in his place. Jalen Mayfield, of course, had his first or his first start. Your thoughts on how the offensive line play was? I thought it was good. I mean, and I watched them. I watched the tackles, and it's... It's pretty tough to to put two first time players. You have not been had series, even never had a college start. To put them in there and, and to do what they did. And, and again, they were playing a Middle Tennessee State defense that was very undersized, and and that was that was a good thing. And if you were going to have John Runyon out, this was probably the game to have it. And and Runyon went through warmups. I mean, I think that they were just checking to make sure he couldn't do it. And, and I think that they wanted to hold him back, and, and they didn't feel like they needed him for this game, so have him ready for Army next week. But Hayes is backing up both of the tackles, and um, I thought Mayfield looked good. I mean, it was close. It, the Mayfield-Stuber battle was close, and I thought it was interesting that Ed Warner, the offensive line coach, said that both of them would have played. I mean, you don't see rotating linemen, but he said the starter would have gotten about 60% of the snaps and the backup, obviously, 40 So. Uh, it was that close between the two. He wouldn't say who was ahead, and I guess it was that close, uh, coin flip. But um, I thought Hayes acquitted himself well. But you need Runyon in there at left tackle. It's important. You gotta have, you gotta have that protection on the left side. And and I know it's not a you know drop back pro style, but you still need your your blind side, your quarterback's blind side protected. And, and he's your you know he's an All Big Ten first team guy, and you need him back. With us on our game day segment, as we uh, look back at the the opener with Middle Tennessee State, and in, in a few minutes ahead to this weekend's game with Army, is Angelique Shingelis from the Detroit News. Angelique, I thought the D looked pretty darn good considering how much they've lost uh, in the offseason. They gave up a couple of short field scores after turnovers, and that's going to happen. Uh, but overall, I thought they looked pretty good. I thought they did too. And then that's the thing. You can look at the points, and they gave up you know, the 21. But the as you said, the, the, for, the first two scores were short field and um, off of turnovers. And, and that was, you know, it, it is tough for any defense. But I thought for sure. I think Aiden Hutchinson looks like the real deal. I thought Mike Dana was really impressive. I enjoyed watching him, the, the Central Michigan grad transfer, and you know that was a good move. They needed they needed some more depth at defensive end, and it was a very smart move to go out and get him. Um, but I thought generally, yeah. I mean, and I, you know, you look at Ambry Thomas. We haven't even talked about him. I mean, a few weeks ago, who knew what was going to happen with him with colitis and. He lost all this weight, gained weight. When was he going to be back? And, and, you know, he gets a pick. He gets a fumble recovery. And, um, you know, the linebackers, I didn't I, I didn't notice them. You know, I wonder, I think that's because we noticed Devin Bush so much last year and, and everything yeah. he could do. And, and, and so that's not a bad thing. I mean, I, I just, but you don't have a guy like Devin Bush out there. And I think that's what people need to get over is you're not going to have that guy out there, but you're going to have some pretty good players. I mean, Lee Hudson looks pretty good. Um, you know, I thought Josh Ross played, played well. And then, you know, Jordan Glasgow, people were puzzled why, uh, Harbaugh took him to Chicago for the big 10 media days. And, and he's just a tough, tough 
all accounts of the hardest worker on the team. And that second sack, I mean, that was pure determination on Glasgow's part. And he just did not give up until he got it. And, um, but I mean, I think just across the board, they looked, they looked fine. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to say, oh, you're not going to miss Winovich or Gary or David Long, but I think at some point, you know, they're going to, they're going to move past that sentiment and, um, you might still miss Devin Bush, <laughs> but but I think generally overall it, it was it was a nice game for them. No, I think so. And you mentioned Ambry Thomas. I was really surprised when I saw him out in the field and in warmups. I thought, well, he's dressed, but then he played and he played so well. I mean, I watched him and he was tight in coverage. Of course, he had the fumble, the pick. Yes. With him back, all of a sudden that secondary is so much better, isn't it? It really is. I mean, and I thought Vincent Gray played really oh, well yeah, too, yeah. and they've been talking him up. You know, I, I think that they've got some nice pieces, and uh, but yeah, I was surprised too, to be honest, Mike. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, colitis, you lose all this weight, it's got such a toll on your body. But um, but clearly, you know, he worked hard to get back, and he said he didn't. He was lacking confidence going into the game. So, what better way to get that back than to have the kind of game he did? And uh, he also had a tackle for loss too, it was two tackles. So, I mean, all in all, a really, really fine game by Amber Thomas, but. Um, yeah, I agree. Having him back there, uh, you got Lavert, and Lavert struggled. I mean, and he had the special teams fumble, and and he had that pick six that that I everybody in the stadium I thought <laughs> thought he had. Yeah, and because uh, it was wide open, and you and I could have run in for that one. But um, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be quite a duo. And but it was impressive to see Henry Thomas back for sure. I think we all feel better uh, seeing him back in the lineup and. You know, one of the other looks from Don Brown's defense I found interesting, though, was uh, him using four defensive ends at the mm-hmm. same time, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. something you don't see too often anywhere. No, you're right. And, and I don't think this is that's one of the tweaks that Don Brown was talking about in the offseason. I think everybody was focused on that Ohio State game and, and how they're going to defend against that, that type of offense. But, um, no, I mean, he, but he's he's all about getting the best guys in the in the right situations, and that was interesting. And um, is that something he's going to use more often? Maybe, uh, but you know, as long as they, you know, they really want to get after. They want to. They want to get after the quarterback, and I think that that was a, that was a uh, that was a. I don't want to say a lineup. I guess I could say a lineup that that could do that. And um, but I think they're going to try a bunch of different combinations because I think that they. They have a lot of bodies, and I don't think that they know every potent, the potential of every one of these guys, Mike, but I think that they're going to figure it out pretty fast once they get into game speed and uh, get another game under the belt against Army and see how that bodes for them. I know it's only one one game that we've seen this defense so far with a lot of new pieces, but would you say overall better or worse than you expected? Um, yeah, no, I, I actually didn't think there was going to be a huge drop-off. I really didn't, and it wasn't because I was buying into them. I just Sometimes I think that we sit there and focus on, on big-name guys and the, you know, the Rashans and the, and the Chase Winoviches, et cetera, and, um, and sometimes I think, well, maybe those guys, you know, they didn't get the chance. They were a little overshadowed, but a lot of those guys got playing time last year. And, and valuable playing time, and I, I, you know, I think some of these guys are really quite talented, and I think everybody knew Quiddy Pay, uh, what he was capable of doing. So I, I, the only position, I, the only place I thought there would be a drop off was just the production from Devin Bush that what he gave them. And not saying that Josh Ross can't play that position well. I'm not saying that at all. I just think that you know, Devin Bush added so much 
and they're going to miss that. And but generally, no, I I, I really did not think there'd be a drop off. I, I really uh, I really thought they'd pick up, um, well, not pick up where they left off. Just I didn't think that they, they would they would take a big step back. Well, on the special teams front, I thought overall special teams play was pretty darn good. I mean, other than a muffed punt, you hate to see that, but that does happen in openers. Uh, but I thought punt and kick return was okay. Coverage on kickoffs and punts was excellent, and Hart mm-hmm. and Moody. Uh, they were just so good, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Quinn gets on there, six extra points. I mean, it was, you know, I, I'm going to be curious to see how they're going to keep doing that. You know, is, is Nordine going to get in there and, and kick some field goals? I mean, I, I, you know, I still think he's extremely talented. And again, it's one game. You don't know how, how all of this plays out going forward. But yeah, no, I thought special teams were extremely sound. And, and that was something Chris Partridge said last week heading into the game, that they had really worked on it, that they knew they had things they had to shore up on uh, protection and everything. And, and yes, the uh, the buff pump punt was um, was definitely a flaw and, and a huge error. But um, I would say, and, and then, you know, don't forget, you're going to get Peoples Jones back, and, and he'll be back there doing what he does in the punt return. So um, I thought overall it was a very good showing. And isn't he amazing? I mean, he might be the best I've seen or we've seen in a long time at placing that ball inside the 10 or inside the 5 and, and really helping his defense out. He is just excellent at that. I used to, during the Zoltan Mesco era, I, used yeah. to, I, mean, I was just, I, people don't, they just, I think they know how important a punter is, but sometimes they forget how, how really important it is to have someone like that and um you know he was the big 10 punter of the year last year and, and we talked to him last week and it you know i think everybody just looks at distance you know oh, how far is this guy punting you know what, what's that oh yeah it's pretty good but it's not about that it's exactly what you said mike it's about placement and and putting them in the position where they can they can pin the ball i mean if you have good hang time getting your guys down there to to stop the ball at the three yard line the five yard the one yard line whatever it is and moody's really proficient and I, I keep saying moody pardon me Rojo is very <laughs> proficient at that and he is a, he is an enormous weapon for them oh absolutely he is we'll never know what jim says to uh, his team or staff behind closed doors but at that post game uh, press conference he seemed pretty mellow didn't he i thought so too i thought he even borderline upbeat <laughs> and yeah. you know um I, I don't know sometimes i'm a little shocked that you know people are like oh, well what do you think he's gonna be like when he comes in and i i just shrug i'm like that emoji on the phone the shrug emoji i don't know it's hard to tell what jim marwell's moods are going to be uh from minute to minute but yeah i think he was encouraged i think he um you know he knows their mistakes but he, he liked that they were able to uh not unload the playbook but show a lot and and do a lot of things and get a lot of players out there so I think he liked that they did that. They had some mistakes. He acknowledged them and knows that they're going to get better. But I think he likes the starting point for this offense and um, definitely sees the upside and knows that he's going to get Peoples Jones back. And um, you know now it's a matter of making sure that Shea's okay. And I know people probably think, oh well, Dylan's the better quarterback. Just get him in there. But I, I still think Shea, Shea's your guy who started last year. He started ten games in this offense at Ole Miss, and and he's your guy. So it's a matter of making sure that whatever it was that they were checking on at halftime that maybe hampered him a little bit is uh, take, gets, gets taken care of this week heading into this one. Well, next up is uh, Army, and I think the best part of that is it's a noon game. At least uh, that's what uh-huh, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm but, with you. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But they struggled against Rice in their opener. It was really a low-scoring affair, 14-7. wasn't decided until the 329 uh, mark of the uh, of the fourth quarter. Oddly enough, they won it on a pass play, and they only threw eight passes in the game. Uh, but uh, and and they ran for just under 200 yards. It was not a great offensive performance uh, from Army. But at any rate, they're still going to bring that triple option uh, offense in here. Don Brown's been worrying about it since January 2nd, so that, that, that is a challenge. It doesn't matter. Guys just don't see that, that kind of an offense, so that's going to be interesting and difficult to stop. Don Brown worries a lot, doesn't he? He's always <laughs> he does. got nightmares. He can't sleep. He wakes up thinking about games. But, yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, these uh, service academy games are always tough. I remember when uh, they were playing Air Force, they went to uh, Rome, and he said, he, I was joking, I said, were you watching uh, film? He goes, and his wife said he had his laptop out the entire flight and was just watching, yeah, and, you know, studying. And, um, but yeah, no, this is, I was surprised too by the output from Army, but again, I chalk it up to a first game um, situation, perhaps. Um, I mean, you know, we've seen what they've been doing this, this past couple of years, and know what they're capable of, and um, you know, then they'll go for it on fourth down. I mean, th- this is going to be a team that's it's going to that's going to test this defense. And and you know, I, you can say, oh well, it doesn't matter; they're not going to see this again. But it's still about just you know your defense being able to hold anything, any kind of offense that's thrown at them. And I would imagine that Army's going to be a little more proficient than they were in this opener. And uh, and Rice was not very good team. I mean, they they won only what two games last yeah, year. Yeah. So um, you know, you wonder what what that what that says about Army. But I, I don't think you read too much into it. And uh, I think that you know Michigan will be pretty big favorites going into it, and I think rightfully so. But again, it doesn't take away from um, from Don Brown's sleeplessness in getting his defense ready for this. No, and I mean, I haven't seen a point spread uh, on this game yet, and I, that doesn't really matter too much to me these days. No, but, no, it doesn't. Uh, I'm sure Michigan will be favored in double digits, and the question is going to be, can you slow down that option? But you have to think if the defense can adjust and slow that option down, Army is very pesky, but they're very undersized on that defense. You would think the offense is going to find a way to put up some points in this one. You would think, yeah, and I think that this will be the kind of game that, that Michigan fans are looking for. I think, you know, these are not going to be Yost. It's not going to be point a minute offense. It's not going to be like that, but it could be. I mean, they could be scoring a lot, and I think that's what people are expecting to see. And this is the kind of game that that they can do this against Army. And um, and look, I think you know what what Army does offensively. I still do think plays into Michigan's hands defensively. I think that's that's this a strength it's just a matter of, of recognizing what they're seeing um coming at them and i think that they'll do that pretty quickly maybe you know maybe initially it'll take some time but but you're right i mean i i think when you look at this uh army defense uh, i'm not saying michigan's gonna have its way with them because i thought that they would against middle tennessee and this and i think that they did for the most part but um but yeah i mean this is especially if you get a people's jones back i think that's a perfect kind of game to get the rust off for him and you get, you know, Ronnie Bell a little more confidence, get him out there a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be another another W, and, and by double digits, probably as the odds makers suggest. So, you know, we'll see. But I think it'll, I, I think we're at least, we, we agree that the noon game is a good thing. 
I think we all <laughs> enjoy that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game, a very different uh, kind of a, a an offense than we saw, of course, in the opener against Middle Tennessee State. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. But those service academies, you were right. I remember, Bob, you for all, always saying when, when Michigan played Navy or Army that they were the best-conditioned uh, teams you were going to see, the most disciplined teams you were going to see. And that offense, yeah, I don't put too much stock in that Rice game either because – uh, that's a very precision offense, that triple option, and it was the uh-huh. first game. So, the, you know, they have to get the kinks out, too. So uh, they're a very well-coached team. It's not Rice. It's the big house. It's Michigan. I think they're going to they're gonna come in with a better effort on Saturday. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, Mike, I think people will say, oh, that's a cliche, but I do think it's true. I mean, you know, it's, it's the whole Hoosiers thing and getting your team up. And, you know, I don't think they're going to take the measuring tape out on the field, but um, we won't go to that that extent, but of course teams get up to play a game like this, and 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 that's why some teams do have success in these settings. But um, and and I do think you're going to see a better Army team on on Saturday, but I think you're also going to see a better Michigan team. And since we're talking cliches, I mean, what, what's the one the coaches always say? It's it's how do you prove from see your most improvement mm-hmm. from your game one to game two? And um, I think they say it because it's true. I, I fully expect to see both teams showing some improvement when they when they play on Saturday. I agree with that. Our guest today on our uh, game day show as we've looked back at the big win over Middle Tennessee State on Saturday and ahead a bit to the Army game on Saturday has been beat writer Angelique Shingelis from the Detroit News. Angelique, always a pleasure to have you on the show, and we look forward to our next visit, hopefully before the Ohio State game, but for certain none, but we hope to get you on in between now and then. Okay, but just as long as it's not after another night game. I can barely wake <laughs> up after these games now, Mike. I'm getting really old. I was like, oh. But I will tell you, I mean, it's, it's an hour drive for me to get home. I think I was home by 3.30 in the morning. Couldn't sleep because you're all fired up. Yeah. You've been working, watching football. And so I watched all the highlight shows. Went to bed at 4.30 in the morning. So that's just no fun. <laughs> No, it's so not. No more night games. No. Uh, well, we've got one more that we know, but yeah, right. It's, there will uh, be it's, another one. <laughs> it's not as easy to recover anymore, but we look forward to our next visit, Angelique. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, here are a few bullet points from Jim's Monday Presser. Peoples-Jones, Runyon Jr., and Donovan Jeter have a chance to play this Saturday. Still waiting for news on Michael Dwumfor, who saw limited action on Saturday and was wearing a soft cast. Jim said upon further review, he thought the Josh Gaddis offense was practically flawless for an opener, which made him very happy. He was also very impressed with his running backs, especially true freshman Zach Charbonnet, who he said hits the holes fast and hard and was outstanding in pass protection. He also had very high praise for the play of Christian Turner. Jim said the offensive line graded out very well, especially redshirt freshman Ryan Hayes, who started at left tackle for John Runyon Jr. Jim said he grades out just under Ben Bredesen, and that's exceptional because it was his first start. Jim said he thought Shea Patterson was outstanding, as was Dylan McCaffrey. He said Shea made great reads most of the night, as did Dylan, and Dylan had some nice runs. So he liked what he saw from both of his quarterbacks. Thanks again to Angelique Shengelis for joining us on today's Michigan Game Day segment. She'll be back again later this season. On Thursday, we'll be joined by Army radio play-by-play voice Rich DeMarco. So make sure you come back for that. So thanks again for taking the time to listen. 
Wherever you get the show, please take a minute or two to comment or rate the program, and we thank you in advance. That will do it for this week's Michigan Game Day edition. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Michigan week, everyone. Until we meet again on Thursday, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!